0: personalized chat and service. So check out HubSpot's new service hub to use their AI tools to give better support to your customers. That's what they want and that's what they deserve. So visit hubspot.com service to learn how this all new solution can help you deliver customer service with AI to your customers. Uh-huh. Yeah. I
1: feel like I can rule the world. I know I could be what I want to i put my all in it like a day's off. On a roadless travel, never looking back.
0: Oh, yeah. Sam, you're back. Are you okay? What's up? You gotta tell t- you gotta tell us.
1: How look, like, can you see me? I can see you. Here's my face. Ready? Here's a smile.
0: Handsome as ever. Look at that. <laughs> so I saw in the video you, you posted on Facebook well, we should tell people who don't know, who don't follow you on Facebook. We should tell what's going on. So Sam was out last week. Yeah. And I've been out for about 2 weeks now. It's it sounded innocent at first. You were just like, oh, "I'm not feeling, I don't know." You said it like it kind of like got worse worse. I got more and more scared. It was like, "I'm not feeling great" to like, "I think I have like a kidney stone" to like, "I got to go to the hospital" to like, "I have kidney failure." And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Uh, yeah.
1: Dude, it's crazy. So let me tell you the story. So I have a history of kidney stones. So at the hospital they looked at my kidneys. I have about 30 kidney stones, which is a lot. And so like the other at all day, times
0: about, or you've been, you've had them and passed them.
1: I've passed about eight. I have 30 in me as of right now. Oh my God. That's not normal, right? It's not normal. It's not good. Um, It's not bad. It just means you are going to be in pain like 30 times. Oh my God. And so the other day, like two weeks ago, I started getting a stone. I, I could feel them. I could feel them coming when they, whenever they're about to come. And I go to the hospital and I pass it and they give me morphine and I'm like, I still feel sick. Like I I was like, I feel ill. Right. I don't feel well. And they're like, um, you're probably fine. Just like shake it off or basically (laughs) is what they said. And then like three days later I woke up and I had this massive rash all over my chest and I had still been feeling sick. And to the point of like, I couldn't, my, my legs were hurting me. I couldn't like move. I couldn't like walk one day. I was like, I'm dying. I was like, I think my, so I go to the hospital and I was like, I think I'm having kidney failure. And they looked at it. They're like, yeah, you might have an infection or something's going on with your kidneys. So they do all these tests and like, nothing's wrong with your kidneys. They're like, yeah, you, you, we see on the CAT scan you passed the stone, but like you're, this shouldn't cause you pain. And then eventually they're like, oh wait, we think you have Lyme disease. And so. From what? How do they know that? um they just know so Lyme Lyme disease is like they don't have like many tests um like they, so you kind of do it on symptoms okay and so I had this like my my um my teeth were hurting me so badly my I thought I had a toothache and then my arms were hurting me and my legs like I had all these nerve pain and uh, that is like a Lyme disease thing and um, I felt like I had a fever, just like sick. And you and get Lyme
0: disease from a tick, right? A tick bite? Is that right? From a
1: little ass tick. A, a tick can be the size of a period at the end of a sentence, just tiny. And so I call Jack Smith. I go, mm-hmm. Jack, man, I'm, something's wrong with me. Doctors can't figure it out. I go, this does not feel right. And he goes, I know the person you need to talk to. So I'm not going to say this person's name, but um, maybe I will one day. But basically, he puts me in touch with this person. And she um her story is that she's a billionaire who her and um she had a hedge fund and a multi billion dollar, ten billion dollar hedge fund and they shut it down because they got sick. Mm -hmm. And it was from Lyme. And Jack knew her from a some event and he puts me in touch with this woman and she doesn't even ask my name. For three days she talks to me for like (laughs) two hours a day, helping me diagnose what's wrong. Eventually, she goes, hey, you have an appointment with this doctor tomorrow. I go, okay, that's cool. Uh, and she told me all about the doctor. She goes, but it's really expensive, and I didn't feel like you complaining about it or like even worrying about it, so I just paid for it. I was like, no, you don't need to do that. And she goes, no, I already like I already paid, so you don't have a choice. So this woman paid twenty five grand. Oh my god, for a private doctor for me. And so I get this doctor who's like, oh, yeah, dude, you got Lyme. Here's everything that's wrong. And then just coincidentally, I wake up the next day and my my face is complete. Like one side is completely paralyzed. And uh, that's the, scary. The what, like, what ha-
0: like when you woke up like that, what was that like?
1: I woke up and I messaged either you or Abreu. I was like, I feel ill. I don't know what's wrong with me i was like i'm just so tired because my eye i couldn't open my eye i was like maybe i'm just tired and it wasn't until 3 p.m that my wife saw my face and she looked at me and she goes why are you uh why are you smiling like that i was like what are you talking about she's like look at yourself what are you doing i go oh my god and i felt it i go i can't move my face Mm -hmm. i can't move it that's i was like i wasn't tired i can't open my eye (laughs) and uh
0: I can't believe it took you that long in the day to figure that out
1: I just thought that like I was groggy I thought I was groggy You you know how you like have sleep in your eyes And like your face feels heavy I thought like I was groggy I was like what is wrong with me And she's like your fucking face it's frozen Like it's not moving So anyway long story short I've got um So wait what did this doctor
0: This like crazy doctor do or say Like that was different or
1: better Yeah he I'm on and I have an IV in me 24 hours a day For 30 days Okay um what's I'm that connected like to thir- it, like um at the end of the night i gotta go and p- plug this tube a refill it or something okay uh, yeah and so, into like an iv and it's called a pick line and i um basically am taking like 30 pills a day and hopefully it goes away and th- there's I mean,
0: no like cure for lyme disease right
1: antibiotics but it's not necessarily a cure but I've learned all these things about Lyme. Like I don't even know if it's true, or I don't know what I believe. But they say that like Lyme, like Lyme is from. You know how like people say that a lab in Wuhan created Corona and right. it, like escaped. That's what they like. They some like about conspiracy Lyme. theorists. That's what they think about Lyme. They're like, yeah. So we we used to drop ticks above Soviet Union or in Cuba, and we would infect them uh, with this disease, and somehow that made its way to us. In oh America. my god. So that's like the conspiracy. I don't know what's true or what's not, but I I tweeted out that I had it. I've gotten literally thousands of messages from people saying like, I have this. No one believed me. Um, I I was in a wheelchair. Dude, it's fucked up. It's crazy. So what is the prognosis? One day I woke up, just like take these drugs and hopefully in 60 days you'll be better. I mean, that's pretty much it. One day I woke up and I legitimately couldn't walk. Like I couldn't, like my feet... um, like but, I couldn't hold my body weight, but now you can. Yeah, but I can't exercise. I can I can walk for sure, um, but like the same way my face is all messed up. That's how my legs felt a little bit.
0: That is it's so weird. insane! Oh weird. my god!
1: And so like no one can see so me right what now. What are like, you thinking? Like <laughs> once one side of my face just looks kind of like dead. I just look like I. Have well, it no looks normal when
0: like, you're doing when you're not doing anything, but when you smile, it's more like one side moves yeah, and like, the other side doesn't.
1: It's just like creepy looking, um, so it sucks. It just
0: sucks. And do you are you like optimistic or what do you think is going to happen here?
1: I think it's going to go away, and I think I'll be back to normal. But it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's gotten better so far, and uh, I like have have had massive amounts of anxiety. Like you know how. You know how like when you go and get your wisdom teeth pulled or get dental work done and you feel swollen and you feel numb in your gums. Right, you don't feel right. That's it's just like, how if It's like your body's not like a that. part of you. Yeah, and, and you're like this is never going to It's like when you're like high on weed, you're like is this ever like what did this used to feel like? Will I <laughs> right. ever feel the You're like what like is has this been like this forever? Like what is normal? I don't even remember normal. And it's only been like a week, but that's all I'm like, Oh, I just want this shit to work.
0: So should we even do this podcast or should we be like, I don't know, like going and researching Lyme disease cures? What what should we be doing right now? Uh,
1: we definitely should do this podcast. (laughs) I mean, I I need to get back to work, but I would say that it's like from a opportunity. I mean, I'm always scheming like that. First of all, (laughs) it's so expensive. I've had to spend a lot of money. Um, also like rich people first like this is an obvious thing but i've seen it firsthand rich people like 100 million 200 million, 300 million dollar people they totally have an advantage in this in like in life when it comes to medical stuff i mean right. this is like an obvious thing but now that this woman hooked it up it's awesome having a private doctor this is what rich people do right
0: yeah what do they call it, house doctor you, or what, what do they call it concierge, concierge doctor. have you ever yeah. heard of have you ever heard of this i heard of this uh i've obviously never done it never Really, never really known anybody who did it, but I've, I had heard about this. Um, it is it like I think it's basically just like a doctor on retainer. It's a doctor on call for you that will come make house visits when you need it, and like your treatment is done. It's like an alternative whole like healthcare system that costs like I don't know a couple hundred grand a year.
1: Yeah, or in this case twenty five grand. But yeah. yes, like everything is done on your and you like I can text them. And then what I've learned is that like like even guys like peter atia you know that guy i think he's i think technically he's a doctor i don't know if he's a doctor or just a smart person but like he gets paid 100 grand per client just to do this and he has like 10 clients yeah it's crazy and 25 grand is a lot of money but if you make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year it's like i started thinking about this i'm like maybe i should just like pay for this because it is kind of like pretty amazing to like have a doctor handle you all the time so like you only need it one time for me to right. make a world and if, difference. if you're
0: coming out of med school or you're like you know a young doctor why wouldn't you go this route of being a private doctor to the rich and famous like that that sounds pretty sweet probably way less competitive than whatever you're trying to do um
1: yeah i don't know if it like i i know i mean it's definitely probably not as fulfilling as helping so i mean like i'm in need but i could just go to the hospital probably but yeah i mean i'm in need but yeah i'm not like a I don't know. It doesn't feel... I imagine maybe they feel differently. But this concierge doctor business, it's crazy. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. And then, like, home nurses are pretty cool, too. So, I'm paying, like, four grand to have a nurse come to my house and, like, do all this shit for me. It's nuts, man. Wow.
0: Okay, well, Have you heard a
1: good... Have you? He let, all right, we could talk about business now. Have you heard a good RX?
0: I've seen the commercials for it, yeah. Well, I don't know what's interesting about it.
1: Oh my God! You don't even need insurance. <laughs> Good RX, the greatest thing ever. So
0: they get you cheap drugs, right?
1: They get you cheap drugs, and they're going public, and it's like crazy profitable. They make like four hundred million in revenue and like a hundred million in profit as a privately held company that's only that's less than ten years old. And what it does is apparently in the this it's so complicated for me to understand but apparently in the healthcare system there's all these middlemen and so let's say that like some drug drug x um only costs five dollars or something for a prescription because it goes through all these people then it eventually costs a hundred dollars and your insurance pays for a little bit of it and you pay for 20 whatever what good rx does is i go to the pharmacy and they're like all right you have um doxy which is like the antibiotic that i have it's like $800 for some reason for this shit. I got to take and because I'm in dude, I'm on Kaiser, which means I'm in New York. So I got to pay out of pocket. So anyway, I just pull up my app and I just type in the word Doxy this many milligrams this many times, uh, uh, like this size. Um, and it just says, all right, what pharmacy are you at? I go Rite Aid and it goes, boom, $23. Here's a discount. It's only 23 (laughs) bucks. And I just show them my phone and they go, okay, cool. Why are are they able to
0: offer these discounts?
1: I don't understand how this works. It's so confusing, but I imagine what they do is they make an affiliate fee from the directly from the drug provider.
0: Right. Yeah. It's probably very simple. I haven't looked into what, what this is, but yeah, I, they get you cheap drugs somehow. I didn't know if it's because they're cutting out a middleman or if they're like, they're getting a kickback for, for affiliate and then they give you a share of their kickback or it's something like that. Um, cause it's just like a, it's, a new, it's like a layer on top of what exists.
1: It's amazing and I think there's one called script relief that's another business in the space that's doing this they're th- these are amazing companies because um, it truly provides value to the the person using it you right. know like it my bill went from two grand at the pharmacy to like a hundred bucks right and it's so profitable so it's an awesome company that's cool.
0: Okay, so we're just gonna do the podcast. We're just gonna do the business podcast. It's a uh, it's so funny to me that we're gonna do that. I feel like I only want to talk about you, but uh, I guess what is
1: there? I mean, there's not. There's nothing, there's to, nothing say. Else to say. I, I don't know what
0: to say. I, I just haven't there's talked not... to you in a couple of weeks, and your life what did you... turned upside down. Well,
1: yeah, it's fucking sucks. I I will tell you this that like there's for the first part of me, and I bet this is what you felt, but more when you had your daughter, which is like everything you thought that was important. Most of it isn't right. But then the second part of it was like, also money is so important. <laughs> like like being rich, you just are such... It, I mean, I, I'm not going to place judgment on it. Like I'm not going to say capitalism is bad or not, not even anything like that. But I'm just saying that like having money in this system, it's way better. Um, shit's so expensive to like be healthy
0: if, when you're in need. Right. You know, the uh, there's two quotes I always liked about this. There's one that is... You know, a healthy man has a million desires. A sick man only has one, which is basically to be healthy. And it's so true. And then the the other one I really liked, I heard from Naval. He was, I think it's like, I don't know, Buddha or Confucius or something like that, which is that every person has two lives. And the second one begins when they realize they only have one. And I just thought that was like super, super deep, impactful. Like my buddy got diagnosed with cancer and like he, I told him that quote, uh, cause there's, there's always, you know, a silver lining and any, any, you know, anything that happens, it just depends if you focus on that, if you, if you get that out of it. And so he went and he got tattooed on his forearm, the date, uh, the date that he got diagnosed and he goes, that's the date my second life began. And, uh, he got excited about it and he was like, you know, I, this is, this is the, this is my real birthday right here. And I thought, well, wow.
1: so what's he do now? I mean, what's he feel like now?
0: I don't know. I'm sure you know he's a real human, and so it's not like oh, what, now everything's great. It's like still he's like scared. So he beat the cancer. He's he's still scared that it'll come back, right? Like every time he has to go get these scans every six months or whatever. And when he goes back, like that's a shitty day, and he's scared as shit. Like that. Okay, the scan's gonna happen, and they're gonna tell me. What are they gonna tell me? And so he's like nervous about it, but then he's also trying to like, you know, live it up and also not focus on you know random bullshit, not get caught in bullshit uh, because he remembers when like all bullshit was revealed to be bullshit uh, when he, when he felt that. So I don't know. I don't know. He, he'd answer better than me, but that's what, that's the impression I've got from him.
1: Yeah. It's messed up. I mean, the worst thing I like, first of all, I'm not dying, but I'm just uncomfortable. But like the work, the thing that's worse after that is like actually dying. And then the thing that's even worse after that is your children dying. I imagine. So like, it definitely makes you realize that like, I'm not even dying and thank God I don't have children that are dying. But like, and I'm like, super regretful over, I'm right. like, oh fuck, none of this stuff matters. right? And so, um, I don't know. It's been, I, I can't stuff, even I hear a
0: story about other ki- people who have kids who are sick. Like, I just can't even, I can't even like listen to that story. It bothers me so much. Just the idea that a kid can be sick and then I think about my daughter and I'm just like happy she's okay. And But I, I'm, it's like so visceral to me now that I can't even hear another story. And I, I'm not squeamish. Like, I wasn't squeamish like that at all. So that's definitely like a way that, I don't know, kids changed me like very dramatically. What's crazy is that another thing that's
1: important whenever I go to the hospital, because I, I used to go all the time with so kidney Stones, is a good nurse is the most important part of the whole sickness.
0: For sure. Process. Most important part of if a hospital is the nurse, and is the nurses. And there's such a variability between good and like, that extra 10% where they're amazing. And you just feel so good finally during that. Thing. Right. And you like love when they come in on their shift and they erase the whiteboard and they write their name. And it's like, yes, eight hours of, of like Wanda. Wanda's amazing. I, I can't wait for this.
1: A good nurse. It's just, there's so much more. Cause you don't ever see the doctor. Fuck the doctor at the emergency room. But like a good nurse is life changing. And uh, whenever I have a good nurse, I'm like, you provide value to the world. All I do is like, send this email. Like it makes me feel bad. I'm like, (laughs) like, and I'm like, I probably make a lot more money than you. You are the hero, right? You are the person that you should be rich. Um, I always feel whenever I have a good nurse, I'm like, you just changed my life. Yeah. So, uh,
0: I also had this morning routine where I would take my dog for this walk and uh, where I used to live in San Francisco, I think, I don't know if you've ever been to my house, but it's right next to that Zuckerberg hospital. Um, yeah. And so I could see it. So I would go uh, to the, like where I'd be playing with my dog and I could see it. And every morning, basically, I just like got this routine in my head that really helped me, which was, I, I don't know why, like I've, I've had experiences like you where like you if you spend any extended period of time in a hospital, it's like a very, I don't know, distinct feeling. And when you spend time in a hospital, like just the lighting, the smells, the like just the humming of sounds, it's like so specific and I can just imagine it in my head. And so whenever I'm there and I could see the hospital, I'm, I just reminded myself like, as long as I'm not up there, today's a good day. Like I said, and I would, I would and my mom would come visit and she'd come for the walk. I'd be like, mom, why is it a good day? Cause we're, and she's like, cause we're not up there. And like she knew because I just kept saying that to myself every day. So I made it where being happy was really cheap. As long as I'm not up there, I'm happy. Um, and then on the other side, I, I tried to make it where getting upset, I make it really expensive. Like I'm not going to get upset over anything small. Like you got to pay me. It's got to be a high ticket item to take my happiness away from me now. And those two things in my mon- my, my t- mentality really, I don't know, like change the quality of my life. I feel was just having that that mindset every, every single day. So that's very stoic of you. That's called negative vision.
1: I'm, I'm trying to say, I can't say like the V words, negative visuals. Fuck, my, my mouth doesn't, my lips aren't moving, but what's it say? The word
0: visualization
1: was it visualization? Yeah. So negative yeah. visualization. And, and it's when, um, just go ahead and you assume that like your worst case scenario is true. So my kid's sick, my kid's dead. I'm about to die. My wife's about to die. Whatever. You assume that all that is going to happen. And then you like, meditate on it you're like this is true this is true this is true you close your eyes for 10 minutes you go this is my life now like i'm alone and then you wake up and you go oh my god thank god it's not true and <laughs> yeah it's live, like waking up like, from yeah, a bad it's dream like,
0: it, it's like and you're relieved you're like yes yeah. i didn't miss the test and you know like, I like i'm so
1: thankful yeah <laughs> uh, and that's actually a great trick that um i i, I read about in a book a, Sto- a book on stoicism it's called negative visualization and it's great for um like making you be have gratitude, which apparently I don't know if this is some woo woo shit, but do you know that like, if you have gratitude, like if you regularly show, I mean showing gratitude, I believe like it's actually like healthy for you. Like it can be physically healthy.
0: Yeah. Have you heard of this? I don't know about the, I don't know if any of this stuff's measurable, but uh, the phrase I really liked was, um, you can't be You can't be grateful and stressed at the same time. You can't be grateful and afraid at the same time. And uh, it's like impossible. It's sort of like you can't sneeze and keep your eyes open. Um, if you're truly yeah. feeling grateful, you're not going to be able to feel those other feelings, which those other feelings create either a shitty quality of life or literally, you know, your body reacts to stress in a negative way. It puts you in a different, uh, you know, different hormones get released and whatnot. So I don't know how measurable any of this shit is, but, you know, err on the side of being grateful. It won't, won't do you any, any problems. Okay, let's take a minute and tell you a little bit about this week's sponsor, Lemon.io. Lemon is the perfect solution if you are a technical co-founder and maybe you just need to delegate some of the work cuz you got too much on your plate or you're doing a project that needs a specific technology and you don't have that skill set in your team and you could either try to learn it which will take months or hire somebody which will take you know 6 weeks to find somebody you just want to have somebody you know yesterday or you're just growing super fast and your company needs to add developers quick lemon.io is a perfect place to find vetted remote developers in eastern europe they test and interview every developer, which eliminates the risk of a failed project. And there's a zero risk replacement guarantee. So they'll match you with somebody within 24 hours. And if it doesn't work out, it's on them. So go to go to Lemon.io. And if you want a 15% discount for your first six weeks of development, any MFM fan, that's My First Million fan, can claim this 15% discount. Go to Lemon.io slash MFM, as in My First Million. So Lemon.io slash MFM to claim the offer, 15% discount for six weeks. That's not bad. That's a big chunk of change. Uh, they are much cheaper to use than hiring engineers with other outsourcing, pl- even even more than other outsourcing platforms like TopTal and others. So check them out. Lemon.io. Back to this week's episode. Okay, so let's let's talk about yeah. some random business stuff. Otherwise, people are going to just get pissed at Wait, us. Wait,
1: can I ask one thing yeah. r- really quick, which is you did four or five or six episodes without without me. Is there one or two that stuck out?
0: I thought the Cat Cole one was good. Um it was a little bit more like an interview, but her story was pretty phenomenal. I didn't know it going in. So I knew that she was like the president of Focus Brands, which I knew owned Cinnabon. And I'm just like a Cinnabon fan. So I was like, OK, cool. Say no more. But it was like Auntie Annie's Pretzels and Slotsky's and McAllister, some other brands too. So I was like, OK, you're president CEO of that. That's pretty cool. But her story was pretty dope. She basically started as a Hooters waitress while she was in college And then like was, you know, good as a waitress and like got into Hooters corporate as kind of like low level corporate and then like worked her way up Hooters corporate and became eventually like head of Hooters America, like GM of of Hooters America. Um, And then like transitioned over as president of Cinnabon and then like went to the parent company of the company that owns Cinnabon and now is the president of that. And I was like, that's a pretty fucking baller path for somebody who came from kind of nothing, dropped out of college. While she was a Hooters waitress. Like, I just thought that was like an incredible story. Um, and then she obviously had some good opinions on like ghost cloud kitchens, ghost kitchens. Like, is this a thing?
1: What did she say? I wasn't able to listen to so it. What did she she say? was
0: basically like, um, she was like, it's a thing for sure in highly dense areas. And she's like, for our business, like a huge amount of their business comes from like malls and across America. You know what I mean? Like where... You can't do ghost kitchens when you're not in a really, really dense place. You can do it in New York. You can do it in, you know, in San Francisco or LA. Uh, cloud kitchens are awesome. They're kind of optimal in a way, right? Small square foot, not prime real estate, delivering into a really dense area. You can serve, you know, a huge number of customers in a small radius of delivery. But that's not going to work in, let's say, I don't know you know, Sarasota, wherever the fuck Sarasota is, Florida, whatever that is, you know, basically it's not going to work in the majority of places. So you can't like pin your hopes on that as the, you know, as the model. And so she was like down for it, but also not down for it at the same time.
1: Well, she just recognized that it's great, but not for everywhere. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then she was talking a little bit about, okay, well, what do the future of restaurants look like? Cause they're like re-architecting some of their stores. And also she's kind of imagining like, okay, in an ideal world, how would, how would our whole footprint look after COVID? And she had some ideas around like, you know, basically h- how do you make it so that takeout and delivery is like kind of a core part of any restaurant, not like this add-on thing. Uh, if you're going to be coming physically to a restaurant, what does the environment need to be for you to do that? Because now if delivery is a default, then why would you go into a restaurant? Well, it's got to be giving you more than just – the food and a place to sit like it has which to- is good for hooters right right it's got to have some kind of ambiance, <laughs> as we would say
1: i mean they've yeah they've got that built in
0: <laughs> exactly so
1: that and uh like dave and buster shit like that yeah i feel you
0: and then ironically you know she's president of pretzels and cinnabons but she was very much like food is pharmacy so she was like we're gonna look at food As like a health vector um, and it's going to be personalized to you. Um, So she had some ideas around that. So I I thought that was, I thought that was all pretty interesting uh, from her episode.
1: That's good. I enjoy hearing that.
0: Sorry. The other one was from this guy who did, he's a CEO of air garage and he listens to the podcast. He's like, this is my, I go for a walk. I listen to y'all's pod. And uh, he's, he's CEO of a startup and he came on, he gave me, he sent me a list of like 150 ideas. And I was like, okay, cool. You're qualified to come on the show. And uh, he had one, uh, he had two ideas around USPS, which I thought were interesting. He's like, look, USPS is kind of dying, but it's like kind of important to America. So he had one, which was, there's these services that will do like, kind of like your change of address because changing your address sucks. Uh, and sucks. Ma- Mail forwarding sucks. So he's like, there's these services where like, They store your. They become your permanent address, and then you just tell them if you ever want to switch, and it change. They change everything. Still goes to them, and they just reroute to you now. So you kind of have one easy online place to change it in five minutes, and then you pay ten bucks a month to be able to do that, or five bucks a month.
1: Yeah, I just signed up for one.
0: So he was like USPS. He's like, I want. He's like, somebody should build a business that just does this for USPS. They can make an additional like. He just did the math on like how many customers they already have, and if they just marketed it within their. Within their own service, like if they could get five million subscribers of this thing at ten million dollars, ten dollars a month, or eight dollars a month, or seven dollars a month, like that would be actually pretty significant revenue for USPS. And he's like, "There's a no-brainer. Like you should just build that and have one partner, which is USPS, and just be the be the brand that does this for them." Um, which I thought a funny like all or nothing idea. And then another one which was like. Put cameras on the top of USPS and create a competitor to like Google Street View, because uh, they're just driving around everywhere. That's
1: badass. Uh, surely, surely Google has been like, "Hey, uh,
0: y'all want to do this? Come on, <laughs>
1: right come on." <laughs> I wonder what the reasoning has been. I mean, I don't know, but I, surely they've been like, "Come on," I wonder. Uh, I wonder what they've said. Yeah. Did you? Um, this isn't like an idea, so I don't really want to spend too much time on it. But it is interesting. Did you see how Oracle bought TikTok?
0: Yeah, well, I didn't know if it was done. Is it done now? I saw something yesterday that was like ByteDance refuses to give the algorithm to whoever the U.S. buyer is. And so it's like, well, then what are they going to get?
1: I just thought it was interesting. And then why the fuck does you... Oracle
0: want TikTok? Like, what is the. Huh.
1: I have no idea. I don't understand these big businesses I don't, I don't do you even know what oracle does? i don't, I don't even know what they do
0: <laughs> it's like database software basically
1: yeah everyone says that and they always say like it procurement or i'm like <laughs> dude i don't i like i don't or like human resource manager or um they'll say like uh what do they say uh i forget what the what the official phrasing is for oracle whenever companies say that or people tell me i'm like i
0: don't know what that means right like, that's what, how i feel about is, sap I'm like SAP is Say, what? Yeah. What is SAP? <laughs> it's a it's like forty billion dollar company. <laughs> and they call
1: it. It's called like human capital e, management e, or something. E- ERP. Yeah. What's that mean?
0: I think it's enterprise resource planning or something like that. Yeah, I just don't I might know be what totally that means. wrong. I, I, ERP might be like you know eggs, you know <laughs> rover. No,
1: that's what it means. That's what it means. Yeah, that's it. I just don't know what it means um so that's interesting and also do you haven't have you been making any money in the stock market
0: uh yeah except for i mean there was like a week where it was like pretty bloody but yeah made a made a killing over the last few months
1: dude i've been um i don't i'm like not in i don't own any individual stocks other than facebook and i don't buy any like i haven't bought a stock in like you know two years uh it's all automated right um i almost regret it
0: not but, buying more you mean yeah
1: I, I'm seeing all this, these numbers and I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy. I have hardcore FOMO.
0: Yeah, I feel that way too. And then I'm like, uh, this is gambling. Okay, let me just move on to, with my life to something that is more meaningful to me or that I control a little bit more. But yeah, I have like Amazon. Yeah, I see these numbers. Zoom and Fastly and Facebook. Uh, I think that's like my core individual stocks that I own.
1: I pretty much only own Facebook and S and 500. Right. Um, and then like the five hundred dollars in referral stock that I got from Robinhood for like so, which is like serious radio or something, right? <laughs> um, all right, well, what ideas you got? Because um, sounds like
0: you you came prepared. Well, not really, uh, actually, but I do have a couple of interesting things. So, have you heard of this business called Say We? I don't know how if that's uh, how you no. pronounce it. So it's S A S A Y w-e-e it's like there's like three or four e's at the end of it it is a asian grocery delivery company and so like if you look in the google play store it's just we with exclamation point and it says shop asian groceries and get it delivered so i'd seen these guys a couple times through like friends who are asian who are like oh yeah like when when covid was happening and like you couldn't get an instacart delivery or whatever uh it's like oh yeah like thank goodness for say we we still got like all of our goods so like you know how Actually, I don't know if you know this, but like like I'm Indian. There's Indian grocery stores that exist. You probably actually have never seen an Indian grocery store. But basically, within like, you know, these little random shopping centers, there'll be a small little store that just is for, let's say, brown people to go. And you can get like the spices, the certain type of rice that brown people like. Like we like basmati rice. We want spices to make Indian food. And then we want like sweets that are – desserts that are Indian desserts or whatever. And so like my mom or whatever will go shop at these places. And so the same thing exists for, you know, um, more like East Asian or Oriental uh, cuisine where you'll get like, you know, different types of food that is more, more like, you know, more of the motherland than what you're going to get at Safeway or Kroger's or whatever. And so these guys crush it. They're, they've raised $82 million. So at first I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like this is a potential investment. And then I go look and it's already – you know, they have 200 people at the company. Where did you raised... find it? Um, I just had friends talking about it. I'm um, Like, I'm in uh, – I forgot who – I think Kevin Lee was the first person who ever mentioned it. And then uh, this guy, Josh Elman, who's uh, – I think he's married to – his wife's Asian. And so I think they order it or whatever. So I'd seen a couple of people mentioning it. And I was like, what's the deal with this? And, uh, and so, yeah, it's a, a pretty interesting company. I, th- I thought, what an interesting niche of grocery delivery that is – actually pretty massive right if they've raised 82 million dollars you know they they have to be valued in the hundreds of millions of dollars and they only have a few locations it's like bay area seattle you know la and uh just serving a few areas to build such a big business and i think very differentiated from the normal like grocery wars that everybody's fighting and bleeding uh in
1: yeah so whoa this can't be true can it it said so i here's an article on them uh here's an article where the founder said in 2019 or all right so 18 revenue 2018 revenue was 16 million 2019 they said they expected 40 million and then they 7x to revenue from from the expected 40 to uh what's seven times 40 yeah like 280 Uh, holy shit um So they're growing like crazy. Uh, Pretty interesting. Never would have thought that this would be a thing. I'm just looking up the founder. He used to work at a company called Brocade. (laughs) don't know what that is? Uh, No, but Brocade. (laughs) You worked at Brocade. Interesting. I never, ever, ever would have thought that would
0: work. Yeah, same. That's why I brought it up because I was like, this is a surprise to me.
1: Remember when your buddy told you about um, Halal? Yes. What was it called? Halal loans? Is Halal like the Muslim? financing. Yeah. So, and I guess Halal is like the, is is Halal like the equivalent of saying kosher, but for Muslim?
0: Yeah. It just means like sort of, this is like blessed by the, the, you know, the religious community. This is in line with the religious code. So whether it's Halal meat or it's Halal financing, it's, this is in line with our, our morals and values.
1: Whenever your buddy talked about that, I was like, oh, I'm on board with just anything that like non-Muslims do or eat or drink or whatever, and then you just put halal in front of it. <laughs> right. Uh, I saw, saw it, this like, little I'm,
0: business. Our friend Ramon sent me this little business that was an uh, e-commerce business for sale, and what it was was small e-commerce business you could probably buy it for like 200 grand i think it was doing like 100 grand in uh like 70 grand at but or something like that and all it was was baby mobiles so you know like above your crib you have a little rotating uh mobile that like is usually like stars and unicorns and whatever like and uh, they just made the muslim version of that so it was all of the like kind of like symbols um and or like kind of i don't know like uh, whatever the religious figurehoods are and religious symbols are, and it would play uh, religious music rather than like whatever "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." And um, it's like such a small niche, worst fucking website you can imagine. It was like just an awful e-commerce look, awful brand. S- sold one skew and was doing like you know pretty good revenue. It was like I forgot what it was. I, th- I think it might have been two hundred grand at EBITDA or something like that. Uh, at the end of the day. But I was like, this is like such a healthy little business that is such a specific niche serving a large community that's underserved. And like, you got a billion Muslim people in the world. And um, I don't feel like there's enough of, you know, I, we talked about, you know, sort of calm for for religion and how I would start that with the, you know, the Islamic faith app. Um, I just feel like there's just so much more you could do for for, you know, niche populations and, and whether it's dating apps that are targeted towards certain religions or certain uh, ethnicities, in this case, grocery delivery for certain ethnic foods. uh, I just feel like you could take popular category and niche it down into a certain ethnography and do well. So I I just, I can't
1: get over the fact about how I never would have thought that this, this, what, what, how do you say it? Say we. (laughs) Say we. I can't believe that. It was crazy. I went to the, I went to the website and it's, they had to translate it for me. (laughs)
0: did they oh my mind's already translated
1: like because your url is saywe.com slash yeah so like it's like they're really going after the And look at this they're uh, serving
0: they're serving four markets and then they just opened up three more so seven cities and they're doing you know according to that like north of north of 200 million dollars in revenue now i don't know if they're counting revenue as like Every item sold and they have like 5% margin, but like, yeah, okay. Let's say that that is the case. They're they're doing, you know, 10% margin on, on that, uh, still not bad.
1: So let me tell you about, um, another grocer. That's interesting. So I was, this sounds like I'm just being bougie, but I was staying at someone's house and I was walking around the Hamptons and there's this billionaire guy that I've read about. His name's John cat Have you heard of him? Never. Okay, he's easy to recognize because, like, if this ever gets to him, I'll just tell him to his face, but he's super ugly. Like, he's so <laughs> ugly. Like, <laughs> Google him. He's, like, fat and ugly. John he's like the.
0: Cat. Uh, how do you spell it? Cat. Yeah.
1: Last name is it's the word cat and then S I, and it'll autofill. Okay, gotcha.
0: Cat right Not, you
1: see him yeah, yeah yeah he uh well is he this his look, wife
0: with him who is this oh my his god, his daughter
1: okay. that's <laughs> his hot daughter <laughs> oh my but god. like look at him like he's just like a big old like like cootie like he's just an ugly <laughs> dude uh, <laughs> yeah whatever who cares it yeah. doesn't matter i mean look at me i don't even have my face doesn't even work so um <laughs> he's just a big old bug and um so what this guy did was when he was only 21, he started this grocery store in New York City called Red Apple. And then using money from Red Apple, he like he like made it crazy profitable. Like 30 million in sales with like five million in, in profit. And here it says, I built it up to 10 stores and was doing $25 million, and I was personally earning a million dollars um, personally earning a million dollars a year. So $25 million in sales, and he was paying himself a million dollars. And this is in nineteen 1970- seventy eight or something. Then when uh, the, the company had like a uh, hundred million in sales for a grocery store, he bought this other chain. Then after he bought the other chain, he um, started an oil and gas company then he started an airline business that he sold to NetJets or uh, whatever the big guy is so this and now he um still owns the holding company is called apple red apple inc or whatever and they own grocery stores they own radio stations they own this oil company they own everything and i'm almost positive through all my research that he owns 100 percent of it and i saw interviews with him seems like a great guy he is trying to run for mayor new york worth $3, 4000000000 billion. Just crazy, fascinating guy. And so fascinating because he said something. He was like, man, if I worked in technology, I'd be the richest man in the world. But I chose a low margin business, <laughs> but I still crushed it. Um, just super fascinating. Uh, I think he's an immigrant or his, at least his mom. And, yeah, he's an immigrant. Um, just that hardcore hustle. Just freaking awesome. Love learning about these people instead of uh, the typical tech
0: folks. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So you uh, you said you bumped into this guy, or what happened?
1: I I knew what he looked like because he's so easy to remember, and I think out in New York, uh, he's like a celebrity because he like said he was running for mayor, so like everyone knows who he is. But uh, you know, I don't, I've never heard of this Red Apple Grocery Store, so I don't know what it is. Um, I seen him walking down the street, and I just was like, I'm gonna bring that up for their, our Billy of the day.
0: Yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> I also like that. Just the I I, you, I sort of glazed over after you called him so ugly i just couldn't stop laughing in my head and i only heard half the rest of the story (laughs) he
1: he also got got in the news because he's got like a really beautiful daughter and he like apparently used he built some app to like spy on his daughter's boyfriend and do like background checks on him and people like called him out because that was creepy yeah but uh clearview
0: ai that's what i was reading this article just now uh because he's like i i have infrared uh you know infrared sensors in my home in the hamptons i sleep with with the same gun james bond carried under his pillow and i use clearview ai to stalk my daughter's boyfriend or date or whatever what a character yeah
1: so that, that shit's weird but other than that this guy is so fascinating and interesting to me just uh i love these types i love they they just seem like the everyday man (laughs)
0: Okay. Sounds good. Uh, what other, I don't know, have you even thought about business ideas or have you been, you know, thinking about that at all?
1: No, I basically did not think about that at all. That's Uh, that's okay. I'm, I'm back on it, but I I have not thought about that at all. Is there anything that you want to So I've been thinking about a lot because,
0: uh, so, so we successfully raised this fund to invest in startups. I've been doing a bunch of pitch meetings and each one is like super fascinating. What, what, what's the
1: total amount?
0: Uh, two and a half million a year.
1: And was that, so I'm going through that process too, though. I might put it on hold, um, for obvious reasons, yeah. but, uh, was it, is it going to be good or not good?
0: Um, well, it's going to be good. It's just a question of like it's work. Right. So like all of a sudden, you know, I spend a lot more time looking at different companies and doing pitch meetings. Whereas before it was kind of as I went, if I'd meet a great entrepreneur, I would chat with them and informally do it. I wasn't, but I basically I need to deploy five times more capital than I was doing as my own personal investing. Um, so then I need to up my volume of, of deals and sourcing as well, but it's fun. Uh, Cause you know, sitting with an entrepreneur and hearing their vision of, you know, what the future looks like and some problem that you didn't even know exists. Like today, I'll give you an example. Um, just before this call, I talked to this guy. This guy has been doing like climate c- – like clean tech companies in Africa for the last like X number of years. And so right now, he's going after this thing. I'll, I'll check with him if I'm even okay to say all this, but I think so. Um, he's basically created – I guess let me put it differently. There's this big problem that I had no idea about, which is that if you go to Africa, if you go to Kenya – And we're not talking about like mud huts. Like, we're talking about in a condominium building, in a high rise building, you own an apartment, you live in that apartment, and you need to cook uh, meals every day. They don't have like gas stoves. Like, there's into the building, there's no gas pipe. So, where we go and we turn on our electric stove and, you know, fire comes out, they don't have that. So, what most people do all the way from mud huts into condos is they use charcoal or kerosene uh, or some like really dirty kind of like. Dirty fuel source, essentially, but it's you know relatively cheap, um, and it's really all they got. So they need to cook, you know, boil water. They need to cook rice, and they need to make make meat and whatever else they're going to do. And so, people have been cooking like that for for you know decades in in these countries. And so, what they're replacing it with is a uh, a clean stove that uses wood pellets uh, rather than charcoal. And so, like you can't, you could, you've always been able to cook with this. Um, and it's sort of like, you know, if we go camping, you know, we could use we use one of these little small, you know, stovetops. And um, so he's trying to replace it. And so what the net result is, you have something that is, you know, 98 percent cleaner for the environment and also like even your own clothes. Like forget the forget if, if you don't care about global warming. Most people don't want their their home to just be full of like dark smoke. That's just getting into your clothes. And like, you know, you smell like smoke for the next three days. But that's just life there. And so it's 98% cleaner. It costs half as much to be able to to do, and it cooks in half the time. Um, and so you get just like a better experience all around. And so and they're doing the kind of Nest Cafe model where they give you the machine for free, and then they sell you the fuel on a, every month because you're gonna you're always gonna buy you know cooking f- cooking fuel. Um, every single month because you need to cook. And so uh, pretty interesting business, pretty interesting problem that they're solving. And, you know, that's the type of fun I get to have now. So I would say the fund is good because I get to see this type of stuff.
1: Do you think that it's going to be a, I mean, a two and a half million dollar fund, unless it's like one of the best funds out there, which it could definitely become, it probably won't be a needle mover in terms of personal wealth creation. Is that correct or am I wrong?
0: That's correct. But it's remember, it's two and a half million per year. So uh, when most people raise a fund, they raise, let's say, a 10 million dollar fund, they deploy that. The fund takes 10 years to return, but they deploy it over, let's say three years. Um, and so that's actually a three million dollar a year fund. So this is the this is the equivalent of calling it a seven to ten million dollar total fund. And so then you say seven to ten million total dollars, the math works out where let's say we do very well and we 4, 4x the the fund gross. Um, so we we turn, let's say, Seven million dollars into twenty-eight million dollars of gross returns, um, and then of those twenty-eight million dollars, I get a twenty percent carry on that, so I get twenty percent of twenty-eight million. So four or five so, million bucks.
1: Over, okay. but it's so over a seven could, to ten year period. So then you think that potentially this is going to be a, a it's not going to be a needle, needle moving. I
0: hope that in seven to ten years, four million dollars is not a needle mover. That's my goal
1: <laughs> with all my other. And businesses. Do you think? Well, do you think that you're just going to raise more and more money?
0: I don't know. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see. Maybe I hate this. And maybe after a year, I tell everybody, okay, I'm not, you know, that money is deployed. Great. And for next year, I don't want any more money, right? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, but I think what's going to happen is there's, I sort of view this as, uh, for me, financially, it should be good, but it's not going to be like, oh, my fucking God, this is how I, you know, build my my kingdom type of thing. Um but I just like sitting in front row uh, for like people doing cool shit. And this is an excuse to – this is season, this is season tickets to sit in front row, right? I'm going to get to see a bunch of entrepreneurs. So are my investors, right? I'm going to share all my updates with them and they're going to get to see what are the companies we invest in, why, why not, and how those companies are growing kind of in the private confidential side of things. And so I think it's going to be – I think on a fun level, it's going to be a game changer for fun. And on a wealth level, I, I hope that in seven to ten years – making four or 5 million bucks will not be a game changer.
1: Yeah. So we're in the, we're, we've been in the process of doing this for a while like you were. And obviously I, uh, three weeks ago, I was like, Hey, uh, let me talk to you in a little bit. Um, And so I guess we'll go through with it, but uh, you see uh, from an outside perspective, it definitely looks easy, but then you like get into it and you're like, this is going to be a lot of work going to be a lot of work. Like being an investor, just like all things, once you get past that, like like, for example, my company, The Hustle, like I worked really hard, but I definitely worked harder to get it off the ground. And so it's like, once you get, once you get past that point, then it's like, yeah, this is a good life. But in the early stages, like, oh, this is, I'm just, you're just starting a business from scratch again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I I think if you're doing it to make money, there's much better ways to make money as a fund. If you're the manager of the fund, uh, if you're an investor, cool. You're putting a small amount of money into like a higher risk asset class and you're not going to do any of the work. So it's great. But if you're the fund manager, there's way better ways to make money than doing this, um, And so that's where that's the position that you're in or I'm in. Um, And so you got to I think if you're going to do it, if you're a fund manager, you need the fund to be a 50 million dollar or greater fund for it to be good for finance, um, financially, personally. And then if not, uh, you're doing it for the sort of enjoyment because you are just sort of down with the startup ecosystem and this is what you would, this is a hobby uh, as a, well. And
1: even if you did it, even if you did a $50 million fund, what a lot of people would realize is like, all right, you have $50 million fund. Great. You better not be hiring anyone, but maybe one person.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so like on a $50 million fund, you're going to be taking your 2% management fee. So I, I took 0% management fees. So again, because I'm not doing this as a way to, for me to personally make money every year on fees. Um, but you know, for 2%, 2% fees, you'd be getting a million bucks a year, For all your overhead, your legal costs, your fund administration, your employees, your whatever marketing, and so if you have two partners, that's like let's say 500k each. um, That's that's no joke. That's that's not something to to sort of sneeze at. But typically, somebody who's able to raise a 50 million dollar fund is earning more than that already in their current job or business, um, or has or has earned more than that. And so they, you know, they're not doing it for the 500k a year of fees. Uh, net of expenses.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely a fascinating exercise to look at all this stuff. I've definitely enjoyed it though. Um, we'll see if we do it, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy you were able to do that. What did all the money pretty much came from your Twitter?
0: Um, yes and no. Yeah. So half of it, basically like, let's say 60% of it, I think came from Twitter and then the other 40% came through kind of like hustle like basically Good. Do, reaching out and doing different th- di- doing different sort of marketing and sales techniques to, to try to get people through the door and get them to close. Good. Well, congratulations. Rolling fund is just pay as you go. And uh, uh, before, you know, let's say I wanted to go raise a $10 million fund, there would be a specific time that I would open the funding window. I'd say, oh, okay, I'm going to go for six months. I'm going to go talk to a bunch of rich people. I'm going to try to raise this money. And I would have to raise my full amount then Um, sometimes you do like a first and second tranche, but like for the most part, you're going to go and you're going to raise a bunch of money up front and then you're going to spend the next few years investing it. A rolling fund is different. A rolling fund I could start today. Every quarter is basically like a new little fund. Every quarter I can take on new investors. Investors who are in my current fund can go up if they want and they could take a double down. They could invest more or they could stop and they could say, I don't want to invest anymore after, after four quarters. Um, so it's just more lightweight, more flexible for the investor side. On the investor side, you you just pay quarterly, so like my minimum is six thousand dollars per quarter. Um, so people can pay six thousand, six thousand, six thousand. Over the course of the year, they invest twenty five k, but not in a giant check at once. Um, and then, for me, as the fund manager, I don't have to take six months, twelve months to go raise my fund. I just start raising it and start deploying it and it can keep growing over time. Like next year, my fund could be twice the size if I wanted to. If I wanted to keep taking more money in, I could double the size of my fund. You don't get that type of flexibility uh, with a traditional fund. A fund is sort of set in, um, in how much you raise and who owns what. So AngelList, basically, the fund runs on AngelList. They take an administration fee um, and they built the the software. So the way they're actually doing it, it's, nothing in the law changed. What they changed was... They just automated it so that every quarter they're actually spinning up a separate entity that's going to be a 10-year fund for what's called a Q4 2020, let's say. And then when the next quarter happens, they're actually automatically under the hood. They're creating another entity with that with that quarter's investor batch. And so normally if you went to a law firm and you said, hey, every quarter I'd like to create a new fund. I want to manage that fund for 10 years. And it's going to have different investors in every quarter. They'd be like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, this is going to be, you know, really taxing legally and uh, really complicated to keep track of. But Angelus did it with software and automated that process.
1: What else? Do we want to go over Thing else or do we want to end this at 53 minutes?
0: Mm, let me scroll through our list.
1: We're going to have to build this list out. I had um, two I wanted to do today.
0: I forgot the other one cool all right i I don't remember what my other one was we have to go back and start filling this out again now that you're back we get back in rhythm so we'll, we'll call it here
1: yes and thank you everyone for all the kind wishes i got like literally a thousand dms i appreciate it i'm uh i don't know if i'll reply to everyone but thank you and we will see you next well in two days
0: yeah all right sam welcome back good to have you back
1: all right i'll see you
0: see ya